Yo, welcome to Beast Podcast. And if you don't know, Beast stands for bringing empowerment and skills together. And that's exactly what we strive to do on this show. We talk life skills, we talk financial literacy, we talk personal development. All these things are going to help you be a better you. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Yo, yo, yiggity, yo. Welcome back to the podcast on today's episode. Got a special guest, Ezuko, uh, my man from Baltimore, <laughs> originally from Baltimore, uh, currently residing in Boston. Um, man, I actually, funny story, um, you know, he reached out to me training. Um, we did an evaluation and, you know, just talking to him and hearing his story, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm from Baltimore, I work for a tech company out of Seattle, but because we're remote, you know, I, I'm living here in Boston. I'm like, yo, that's dope. So I'm sure like, you know, him being at the age of 25, you know, you know, I'm sure that there's some gems that, that he had. So I had to have him on a podcast just to pick his brain a little bit, man. We really dove into talking about learning from every experience because he worked for, you know, some major companies um, before he landed his current gig. And then also um, just just the habits um, that you should embody, you know, whether you're an employee, entrepreneur, doesn't matter, but certain habits and rituals that you should, uh, you know, add to your tool bag in order to uh, make sure success is inevitable, right? Uh, hopefully, y'all enjoy the show. Uh, let's get right into it. Yo. Yo, can you hear me? Yes, sir. You can hear me? Yeah. Bet, bet, bet. All right, we live, man. So go ahead and introduce yourself uh, and give three things you're grateful for, my friend. Cool, cool. Um, what's good? Uh, I'm Ezra. Um, oh, geez. Anything else I should introduce with or just who I am, what I'm about? <laughs> yeah, who you are, what you're about, what you love, what you hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let me try again. <laughs> I'm as go. <laughs> nice to meet y'all. Um, I'm a software engineer uh, at a startup. Um, huge fan of all things uh, Super Smash Brothers and uh, otherwise. Three things I'm grateful for, man. Um, honestly, life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. Hmm. Amen. Well, let's. Let's dive deeper into that last one, pursuit of happiness. So you said you're a software engineer. Did you just wake up one day and uh, see a computer and say, that's cool. I want to learn more about that. And like, talk to me about when, when you decided that you wanted to deal with computers and, and tech and stuff. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so for me, it wasn't... Um, Super straightforward, actually. Uh, I went to school at uh, at Columbia, and so um, I came in as an econ philosophy major, um, and so I was super interested in things like macroeconomics and you know how does uh, fiscal policy from the government affect whether or not you know people are able to eat. Um, and I dove into those classes um, and a bit more into kind of like the theory behind them. And it was super, like, uninteresting to me. Um, so I was like, oh, let me take this programming for dummies class uh, my freshman year. 
So came to that class, uh, tried it out. It was like, oh wait, this like not only does this like do what I want it to do, but like you know, people like build entire companies based off of you know the work that they're doing here. Um, and that was just a much more interesting proposition to me. And to be completely honest with you, it felt like in that first class where all they were trying to do was teach us how to use programming for like um, economic concepts. Um, fundamentally, I was like, oh, the programming is like what's interesting here, not the the econ behind it. Um, right. So, yeah. So from there, I got hooked. I took a couple more classes and by sophomore year, I completely switched majors. So I ended up graduating a computer science and philosophy degree. Hmm. Computer science and philosophy. So how did that how did that degree tie into what you're doing now? You're a software engineer. What exactly is it that you do? Like what is your description, like your day-to-day responsibilities? Yes. Yeah, uh, so pretty much I'm responsible for um helping build out um the core product at the company. So um the company itself is called Coda, C O D A. We're basically a um, a document surface, um, and our whole tagline is, you know, we basically want um, to build applications that, um, or sorry, we want to create documents that are as powerful as applications, and basically be able to give other people the power to be able to do that themselves. So, um, as a software engineer there, I'm responsible for helping build out the platform that allows people to hopefully build their own apps. Okay, so. Take me through that whole document as powerful as an application. So you're saying the capability of, let's say, I need to email a colleague and instead of just being a document, it's an actual like interactive, like, like what exactly do you mean by document to, yeah. To an application? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good question. And in fact, actually you have the, you have the exact right idea. Um, let's actually take it um, a bit step further and say like you have a whole application idea, right? Like you want to go found your own company and, um, you know, today the way this typically works is you're like, okay, I have an idea for like, let's say a fitness app. I have a fitness app idea and I want it to be able to, um, have all these different like workouts, but like, um, I want it to be tiered. So like tier one only shows these types of workouts, tier two shows you more extensive workouts, et cetera. And so now you have the idea, but you need somebody to go build it out for you. Well, instead, what if you could start with um, a document that's interactive, and this document basically has like sectioned off walls that are hidden by a password, right? Um, and so once you have access to that password, the document opens up and has access to all these videos with educational content that you've written or created yourself. Um, and now you, you pretty much have what's almost a full-fledged app. The only thing you need to control now is how do people pay to get access to it, uh, which is a model that we're currently like working on right now. Um, and you know, at, at the point that you have that, you have everything that you need for the full flesh app, but it's all written as if it was inside of just a regular, what you might think of today as like a Google doc or a Word doc, right. but um, with superpowers of their own. Hmm. So, cause that's very powerful. So are you saying, if I wanted to create an app, I would write down all the requirements that I wanted to do. I want these videos in these section, these videos in these session, these videos in these session. But when they pay for it, they're only if they're in tier one, they only get access to this. Tier two, they get access to this. So basically, I would be able to put that app in a document, put that document in a funnel, 
So like a sales funnel, which is like, uh, you know, for the listeners out there, basically like a landing page. So when they opt in, they get a series of like emails. If y'all have ever exchanged your email for, you know, get this free thing here, just give me your email address. That's a funnel. They take, they get your email address and then from there they market and sell to you. So are you saying that you will be able to use this document? So when they pay through the funnel to get the document, as soon as they open the document, they get access to the application. Exactly. Exactly. And in fact, it can be even a step further. We can manage the sales funnel for you too, so that we can create a landing page so that when people navigate to this um, Coda doc, the first thing they see is the landing page. And then there might be a button on there that they can click to sign up. Um, signing up might add them to some email listserv. Um, and then after they signed up, they can decide whether or not they want to, um, you know, start to use your service. They can subscribe to become a monthly member. Um, so every month they'll have access to, you know, whatever content is there, but the moment they stop paying, they lose access to that doc. Um, our goal long-term is really anything that you can do, um, in building out a website, right? Like today to build out a website, you have to know all of this, like deep kind of, maybe not deep, but like you need to have some technical knowledge of what a thing like HTML is, which for folks who may not know stands for hypertext markup language. You need to know this other language called JavaScript. You need to know this other thing called CSS. Um, and once you have those foundations, you're good to go. But learning each of those has like, you know, years of expertise behind them. Um, and so instead, if you can remove all of that and just give you a simple set of what we call building blocks, um, you can take those building blocks, which in these cases might be tables of information um, that store different kinds of data, might be like buttons. Exactly. Exactly. You, you grab an input like a button um, and then somebody clicks that button. You should be able to tell uh, the user what that button should do. Um, it might take you to a different link. It might you know, bring you to a different part of the dock. It might do a number of different things. But um, basically, you start to compose these different building blocks, almost like Legos. Um, and uh, as I'm sure you're familiar, you can see like tons of these like gorgeous like Lego sculptures. But each of them are always built with the same fundamental blocks. Okay, yeah, we're gonna have to. I'm gonna send you when, before we when we get off of here. I'm gonna send you the link to my app. Um, I had an app built, and I wish I knew about this before I built out my app because this sounds so much more simpler than what I had to go through. Um, but but outside of that, because you know, like there might be a listener right now who's like, okay, I'm not into coding. I don't want to build an app. I don't want to. I understand that part of it, but working in a startup let's talk about that type of environment as far as i mean i'm sure that there's uh some type of funding that that's going on uh in the in the background uh to fund um a lot of these things like to pay you know the staff and then let's talk about even uh the delivery of the product and how uh, you guys are delivering it to make sure that you get like loyal subscribers and customers like what is it about this process that you've been going through um, working with the startup that you've, I guess, been able to take with you, you know, whether you begin, whether you stay with this startup or, you know, go elsewhere? Like, what are some key things that you're learning right now um, in this process? Yeah, great yeah, question. Great question. Now, I would definitely say um, well, the biggest thing I think I've learned is that every great team has a set of rituals um that they abide by and these rituals are known to every employee um, by the first week and they're stable they're consistent 
And most importantly, they ground you in some like uh, key principle or truth that is the thing that kind of like uh, like is what helps the company maintain its ethos, i.e. like the thing that it is um, like uh, the, the driving force behind like why we're doing what we're doing. Like the soul or the heart of the team. Exactly. And, and in many ways, it helps um, reaffirm that if it ever starts to get lost. Um, and every great company has one of these. The one I think of um, that kind of sticks with me in this uh, a demo that's kind of, or sorry, I'm going to say demo, but it's a ritual that's um, kind of gone from Google to, to where I work now, because a bunch of people at the company now are former um, employees at Google, is um, Ser- Larry and Sergey had this notion of um, doing... Um, I think they called it TGIF, but it's basically every Friday, um, it was like a company, um, all hands, where folks can come together and ask any kind of question about anything that they care to know. You know, you can be an engineer and you can ask a question about sales. You can be in sales and ask a question about um, design. You can be in design and ask a question about product. Um, Really, whatever is the most burning thing to you. Um, that you think should be answered in a public forum because it holds people accountable, you can do in that Friday meeting. Um, And that's one of the many examples of rituals that we transferred over to a much smaller startup um, that I think will bode well long-term as long as we continue to maintain that consistency. You know, we're currently at something like 200 employees now. When I joined, I was employee number 89. Um, Mm. And hopefully we still have those same kinds of cadences and rituals when we are at 1,000 or maybe even more. Mm. Those are some rituals, habits, habits. The, 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 all the, the successful teams in history, whether it be business or sports, they had some, you know, something that they did consistently. Uh, yeah, that's so I actually want to rewind a little bit because you said that, I mean, you mentioned in there that there are rituals that you learned from Google that you then transferred over to the startup. So let's even shift the conversation into like, let's talk about that individual. They may be somewhere and they understand that they're there for a season. They're working a job for a season in life. Let's talk to that person about not being complacent in where you're at in that season, even though you're aspiring more. What were some things that you were telling yourself or or, or maybe even doing, what were maybe even rituals that you were doing to make sure that you were like getting the most out of working at Google, right? Because it, it could be really easy to be complacent, right? And just be like, oh, I work at Google, you know, I'm getting a check, like, you know what I mean? But you decided then to like take these skills and be like, oh, like, like this, this looks cool. Like, I want to go do this over here. Uh, you know, like, so, so talk to me about that process, like being in your season, aspiring for more, but still being diligent and serving in the season that you're in. Yeah. Um, so uh, to clarify, too, I was at Microsoft prior to coming to my current startup, but I think oh, the – oh, no, no, but it's a good call out because I think the principles are still applicable because there's a ton of uh, my coworkers who came from other um, large companies. Um, you know, I would say – and this is, this is personally a um, – uh, I think a thing that's, like, always stuck with me when, the first time I heard it. It's the idea that like um, long long term consistency is better than uh, short term intensity. Um, and so, for me, when I was initially thinking about leaving Microsoft, um, I bursted out in this like really intense sprint of like for a month. All I did was eat, breathe, and sleep 
on thinking about um, programming interviews. Like I would wake up, I would work um, my nine to five. I also you know, have a nonprofit that I work on as well. Um, so I'd work on that from, you know, do work work from nine to five. From five to maybe eight, I would try to like get in some work for um, the nonprofit. And then from eight to like maybe 12 to one, um, 12, eight to 12, one or two, depending on, you know, how things went. I would be like judiciously studying um, like these programming interviews because they're notoriously pretty difficult, um, in my opinion, unnecessarily so. But um, that's beside the point because you know they're not changing. So yeah, I would grind on those for a month straight, and after that first month, I basically burnt out. Um, I did a series of interviews, like three or four, with um, you know companies like Airbnb and Figma, and some of these like really really great, well-established companies. Um, and by the time it came time to interview with them, I was and even Google actually, funny enough, um, and just completely flubbing them. And so it wasn't until I like took some time to like figure out a way to integrate studying for interviews as a regular part of my regular life and process and scale that over three months that I ultimately landed the interview and the job, um, for where I am now. So for anybody who's like grinding at a thing like incessantly specifically because they think the payoff is coming soon, sometimes, maybe not always, the answer might be keep doing the thing, but do it in a way that like doesn't um, burn you out long term because you're playing the long game. Mm. Mm, now that's fire. That's fire. That's that whole like 1%, like 1% better. Like, is it better to... You know, they say like in fitness, like kill yourself for two and a half hours. So you, you know, now it takes three or four days to recover. Or would it be better to just get a solid 30, 45 minutes every day because it's volume over time. It's that whole like reps analogy. Like uh, it's not about getting the most right now, but how can I sustain sustainability? Because that's the thing, too, like us being young, you know, us, you know, um, continually to grow in our lives and our career, like. We have to build habits and rituals that we can, you know, sustain for a long period of time, right? Like, um, because that's, like you just said, that's the end all be all. Those habits, those rituals, those um, long-term desires followed by long-term commitments in a way that doesn't burn you out. That's how you achieve anything, right? Little by little, uh, little by little. There's also this other um, thought to that point that, like, um Greatness is um, what um, small amounts of dedicated focus look like from far away. Um, Say that that one more time. Greatness is what small amounts of dedicated focused work look like from far away. Mm. So it's like you can take, and this is back to the Lego analogy, you can take any one of those building blocks, which is, you know, consider like the amount of time that you invested in focusing on studying for a specific thing. Um, and any one of them looks like super unimpressive, right? You spent 30 minutes working working out, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's like you, you scope back and look at like the totality of the project um, or the body of work as a whole. And then and only then are you able to see like how it culminates to become you know, an NBA championship, a uh, new job, uh, you know, insert thing here. Um, it's obvious from far away because you can't see any individual pieces that built up the thing that you're looking at now. But each and every single one of them require dedicated and focused um, work, right? Like I, I'm a huge proponent in like working smarter, not harder. 
Because um, I think there's some people who believe like working hard relentlessly is like going to get you to a goal. But it's like, um, there's a difference between um, speed and velocity. Speed is like how fast you're going, but like velocity is how fast you're going plus direction. I.e. Mm. if you're, you're like, not, you can be focused, you can be moving really fast in the wrong direction, <laughs> or you can be moving really fast in the right direction. And so it's like, what are the things that you're doing to accelerate that velocity um, versus like, make sure that you're not just spinning your wheels unnecessarily. Hmm. So what can we do as individuals? This is, and, and, and I'll maybe take a stab at it as well, but what can we do as individuals to make sure that we can see that long-term it, it's, it's, and I've mentioned it multiple times on my podcast back on uh, might've been like episode in the one eighties about vision versus sight. Right. Because like when you see a day, it's kind of like, how can I jam as much as I can into this day, right? Which and some days are heavier than others, right? Because there are some seasons where you might have to, you know, spread a little bit. But um, like, how can we as individuals take the time to really reflect on the long term? So I think we were at, we were even talking about it uh, uh, when we first met. About uh, I think you were asking me about like my journey, and like I was like, wow, like this is the first time I really like reflected back on it. You know, and it, it's not until you reflect back that you see like, wow, it really is a culmination of like little things over time that got me to where I am. But like, how can we keep that long term vision? Yeah, yeah, that's that's tough, right? You kind of you kind of have to know what the goal is. Um, and in some cases, you have to be willing to like not fully understand the process of how to get there. Like it's it is important to have a process. I'm not saying going there really, really for sure, but, but not being married to it. Not exactly, to it. exactly. I'll also say this too. Move. I'll say this too. One thing that like makes um, you know, people talk about the idea of like being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, I don't think that's like a thing that like you can just say as like a pithy statement and then like people just get it and like acknowledge it. I think a real way people like get to the vision and sort of like the goal that they're trying to achieve is by constantly putting themselves in uncomfortable situations. But like you need to do that in a way that like is uh, teaching you something that you're actively trying to learn. Um, and so I kind of like bring this actually back to how we met. Um, the reason that, you know, we're able to like have this conversation right now is because I wanted to put myself in an uncomfortable situation of like kind of like being a student of the game of basketball as somebody who like never received like formal training i was like i you know one of my quotes or the thing that i tell people often is like you should pick a thing that you love but like you're not the best at um because it gives you an opportunity to put yourself in the mindset of somebody who is um a um a beginner mm, and more, exactly exactly some people are very comfortable trying to like put themselves in quote unquote uncomfortable situations in their relative like areas of expertise. And that's a very different feeling than being a beginner and something that like you have no formal training for, but that you know you love or you really enjoy. And it's the key part is like you really need to enjoy it because otherwise you'll have no interest in pursuing it. The fact that you're uncomfortable is already going to make you not want to do it. So you need to love it or really enjoy doing it and be okay with being bad at it at first, at least hopefully, so that you can, one, you can see the progression over time once you continue to invest the hours in that area of your life. 
And then hopefully that translates to the area that you also care about long term, which might be, again, the job, the um, family, the life that you want. Mm-hmm. Right. You'll start to see progress in that area that wasn't so great before, but because you loved it and because you pursued it, you saw results. And so that gives you that confidence, that faith to kind of like try the same thoughts or the same ideas elsewhere. Hey, are you looking to start that new side hustle or dive into that new hobby of video editing? Or maybe you want to start a podcast. Um, maybe you need a logo or you need a logo animation. Hey, well, Fiverr is the place to go. Okay, Fiverr is a place where you can find contractors with varying skills in multiple different fields that can help you grow your business. We're talking if you need an administrative assistant, you can find them on Fiverr. If you need a video editor, you can find them on Fiverr. If you need somebody to record a voiceover like I'm doing right now, you can find them on Fiverr. Okay, anything you would need to help grow your business is on Fiverr. So to get started and find your freelancer contractor today, click the link in the show notes to get started. You are here. You are spitting some hot fire. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, as we come to a close, if you had to talk to your 18 year old self, uh, you said you grew up in in B-more in Baltimore, correct? Yes, sir. So, So your 17, 18 year old self, you know, uh, you you're, you see you see high school graduation on the horizon. What is one thing that you would tell your younger self? Oof. You know, I've this isn't the first time I'd be thinking about this question, but I do want to make sure I say because there's so many. I mean, um, let me see. Let me see. Two seconds to really. Kind of think this one through. Um. Ah, you know what I would say? You know what I'd say? (laughs) (laughs) We need the Jeopardy theme song. (laughs) Nikki, if you hear that, go ahead. (laughs) Um. The one thing I would say to my 18-year-old self with, like, you know, college on the horizon and kind of, like, the rest of my life on the horizon, really, is curiosity matters way more in the long term than intelligence matters in the short term. Wow. That is a bar. Yeah, say that again. No, say that again. Curiosity matters way more in the long term than intelligence does in the short term. Wow, that's such a bar. And and I'd say that really hit me just because like lately, like I've been I've always, you know, been a re I want to say always over the course of the last like four or five years, I've been a reader, listener of audiobooks. But just recently, one thing I've learned is that um a lot of millionaires listen and and read nonfiction like bibliographies, like lives of other, you know, notable figures. So I've started to do the same and I've noticed that exact same trend, right? Like you become curious about something and that curiosity leads to bigger and better things that you would have never known. But because you were curious and that curiosity, then, oh, that's a, we ain't gonna get into it. That's a whole nother podcast. We say that. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess you're coming on for part two. I guess you're coming on for part two. <laughs> if I'm lucky, if hey, I'm lucky enough. He's, hey, so if somebody wanted to get in touch with you or reach you, reach you or, or maybe if they're like somebody like myself, who's interested in trying to, 
use this this app document process that you're talking about how do they how do they how do they reach you yeah definitely feel free to reach me on my personal email that's me me at easy e-u-g-o my name dot dev send me an email there and i'm pretty responsive uh i'll get back to you hopefully within a day but um definitely within the week and yeah we're happy to chat about you know life again life love pursuit of happiness my three favorite topics um <laughs> so <laughs> yeah let me know um my man my man be safe this weekend man on your travels and i'll see you uh i'll see you next week man sounds good sounds good appreciate it all right bro i appreciate you man take care all right you too please yo thank you for listening to the beast podcast we hope that you learned something and are empowered and inspired to be a better version of yourself uh, please go ahead and subscribe like share it with a friend a family member or anybody who can get some value from it uh, don't forget to rate and review the podcast all right y'all be great <laughs>